1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
0: If you ever want to learn how to completely mishandle a negotiation, just follow the Saquon Barkley playbook. Because this is a thorough embarrassment for himself and for every other running back who's trying to get paid in the NFL. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel eighty. Canty, I am just thoroughly, thoroughly hot today about this situation.
2: Yeah, I got the gist of it, big fella, when we had our production meeting. You were on fire this morning about Barkley signing this deal. And here's the issue: I can't blame you because this is a head scratcher, to say the least.
0: Well, let's get it rolling. Here we go. go, go.
1: Only one place to start. Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants agreeing to a new one-year deal worth
3: up to $11 million. He gets a $2 million signing bonus.
4: He
1: prides himself on being a team first guy. What it says to me is that Saquon Barkley just
4: wanted to be here.
0: What it says to me is that Saquon Barkley does not know what he's doing and his representation was completely lost from the get-go on this, Canty. It is one of the worst-handled negotiations between a player and a team I have ever seen. So Saquon Barkley signs for up to $11 million, slightly more than what the franchise tag is. He does not get an assurance from the Giants that he will not be franchise tagged next year. And in order to earn the $11 million, the extra money is all incentive-based. The incentives include 1,300 yards. They include maybe 65 catches. But the one thing that is consistent throughout all of them, Canty, is they have to make the playoffs. We had running backs the other night getting together on a Zoom call, lamenting the fact and trying to figure out solutions as to how they are going to get paid in this league for the long term. And Saquon Barkley just set them
2: Yeah, I don't love the deal at all, big fella. And it's because you mentioned it, the clause that Saquon Barkley can't be franchised after this season. He didn't insist on the Giants putting that in there, which means that the Giants can franchise tag him next year. Now it's a 20% increase on the salary that he has for 2023. So ultimately what that would end up being if he reaches all of his incentives would be $13.2 million. But big fella, to get all of those incentives – that's a tall ask. You're talking about 11 or more total rushing receiving touchdowns plus making the playoffs. That's not likely to be earned. 65 or more catches plus playoffs, not likely to be earned. 1300, 1,350 yards rushing plus playoffs, not likely to be earned. Think about that. Like you have to have everything go right in order to qualify for those incentives. That that's a lot to ask a guy. I mean, essentially what the Giants are doing are doing is saying, Saquon, we like the season you had last year, but you're gonna have to give us just a little bit more. The thirteen hundred and fifty yards rushing, that's more than what he had last year. Now keep in mind Saquon Barkley went for over sixteen hundred yards from scrimmage. And they're asking him to do more and the team get back to the postseason in order to get those incentives. So that million bucks that's laid out there That was the difference between the tag and what the actual total max value of this one-year deal they just signed is. He's probably not going to see that money. So the wins for Saquon Barkley are as follows. He got a $2 million signing bonus, which is money now as opposed to money, you know, four months from now. Great. And he ends up being in training camp, having the opportunity to get his body acclimated to football movement going up against live competition. That's the win. Now, we never know what's being said behind closed doors. We never know the pressure that the player is putting on the agent to get the best deal possible so they can be in camp on time. But to me, on his face, this deal doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're Saquon Barkley. This is a situation where it's obvious that the player wanted to be in camp and the player wants to stay in New York. And I think that's where Rock Nation, his agents, had their hands tied because this is what Saquon Barkley wanted, and the Giants, as an organization, understood that, and they weaponized it against him to force him to sign a deal that really isn't in the player's best long-term interest.
0: Canty, I would have no problem if he had simply signed the deal that you proposed yesterday. It was basically the same thing 24 hours ago. If
2: I'm the Giants, we agree on a one year deal around 10 or 11 million dollars. We're not going to franchise tag you in 2024, but we are going to put per game roster bonuses in your contract in order to make sure that you don't try to execute a hold in with a a phantom injury. To me, that is the deal that I would put on the table if I'm the Giants. And that is the deal that Saquon Barkley would have to play under if he is intent on or making sure that he is a true free agent not able to be tagged in 2024.
0: They didn't do that, and Joe Shane and John Mara just played Saquon Barkley like an absolute fiddle on all of his emotions in wanting to still be here. Kentie. if it was so important for him to continue to be a giant, why wouldn't he have signed the deal Back during the season, which was for 12 and a half million a year. Why wouldn't he have signed the deal a few weeks ago, which was for 12 and a half a year, plus 22 million guaranteed? They can continue to tell you all they want about Saquon, you're the heart and soul of this team. You're the face of this franchise. We absolutely love you. Canty, you and I both know words mean absolutely nothing, actions, tell the story. And the Giants actions here just won this deal for them. It gave them every bit of flexibility for next year. And his actual production for the upcoming season does not even matter. Does not even matter. Now he doesn't even have the chance if he has a massive season to go out and find a sucker to at least go back to the Giants with and say, "Will you match this deal.
2: Well, you asked the question of whether or not, why didn't he sign a deal in the regular season last year where the Giants were offering him, I think, the three- or four-year range for $12.5 million per. He didn't sign that deal because he thought he'd get more in the offseason. And the reason why he thought he'd get more is because the Giants also had to deal with Daniel Jones' contract, knowing that DJ was going to ask for something that would make the Giants' front office blush. What Barkley didn't anticipate is that the Giants would pay Daniel Jones $40 million a year. I don't think anybody knew that the Giants would go to that territory with Daniel Jones, but the fact that they did gave the Giants leverage against Saquon Barkley because now they could use the franchise tag on him rather than having to use it on their quarterback. And so Saquon is stuck in this spot where he has to take the deal that they have on the table as opposed to waiting it out and seeing what happens um, playing under the franchise tag. I, I don't love this deal I think Barkley, in effect, overplayed his hand, even going back to the bye week in the 2022 regular season when they started those negotiations. But to me, you've got to insist on having that clause where they can't franchise oh, tag absolutely. you after the season. We we know that if Barkley gets through the season healthy, regardless of what his production is, there's going to be a team out there that's going to pay him $12, 13000000 million a year. If he's a, a free agent, if they don't have to give up draft picks for him, they'll pay him that. Like, he'll get that money. But but I think this is also Saquon Barkley giving a wink and a nod to the organization and saying, I want to be here. I said Giant for life, and I mean that, and I'm willing to take a little bit less. Can we find something where you can meet me in the middle? And the Giants did that by giving him a one-year deal, giving him a signing bonus that gives him a little bit of money up front, and gives him an opportunity to bump up not only his salary for this year with incentives, but you also bump up – the franchise tag number if they go down that path again in twenty twenty four. Remember, the second franchise tag is a twenty percent increase on your salary from the previous season. So that would in effect make Barkley's franchise tag, if he maxes out on this current one year pact, thirteen point two million dollars in twenty twenty-four. So it gives him a two year total in in money of twenty four point two million dollars, uh, okay. which is probably around the ballpark. Of what it would be on a multi-year long-term deal.
0: But he didn't make those incentives that were reachable. We just we just covered that, and that's where my problem is here. Congratulations. You can get the franchise tag next year that you could have gotten in 2015. Because in 2015, the franchise tag was like almost 12 million dollars. The franchise tag now for this year was 10. In other words, the money on the running backs is going down, and it has been for a while. And when we look At every other position, they all, every other position, including the punter and the kicker, they all have gone up each and every year to get to this point since then and now. And then there's this. To me, Saquon just didn't have the stomach, didn't have the guts to even sit this out a week or two. I understand that he may have wanted to be in camp to be ready for the season and boy we can really celebrate all of that. That's great. That is not going to do a damn thing for Saquon down the line. Not a damn thing. And and if the Giants are playing to his emotions, boy they just they absolutely did everything right here and Saquon has put himself in a position next year where he's once again going to be at their beck and call on on what the contract's going to look like. And I, I, I would not trust them for a second. If even there was a wink and a nod agreement about, hey, go out and produce this year. We'll give you a long-term deal next year. I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't trust them. Not for a freaking minute. Why would I ever trust an NFL owner on that front? Ever.
2: Why? Well, you, would, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because they worship at the bottom line. Uh, that, that, that's what it is. It's about money. It's about maximizing their 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 profits. It's not necessarily about doing right by the players. And we hear it all the time about how, you know, players get frustrated with dealing with the underbelly of the National Football League, which is the business side of it. But teams weaponize the game against players when it comes to stalemates in contract negotiations. NFL front offices know that players want to play. That's just what it is. Like, uh, a big part of our identity as people is our ability to play this game at a level that not many other people can. And they understand that guys want to be out there. And the Giants, in effect, weaponized that against Saquon Barkley. It sucks, but that's what happens. That's why it's up to the player and the player's agent to make sure that they take a strong stance when it comes to making sure you can guarantee their financial security of the client, of the player. And in this instance, that didn't happen. Now, I don't know how much pressure Saquon put on his agent, but I would anticipate it being a lot because Saquon Barkley wanted to be in camp. He didn't want to take the stance of saying, screw you to the organization or screw you to his teammates. He didn't even want the perception out there to be anything of the sort. And I didn't think that what happened earlier this week when we heard former Giants coming out and talking about the Barkley situation, I think that, in effect, just put more pressure on Barkley to do this one-year deal that might not necessarily be in his best interest?
0: To me, in the end, he looks like a sucker. He looks like a sucker after all of this. And you mentioned the former players. One of them is going to join us in just Moments to provide further context on this entire situation. It is Canty and Carlin in Fort Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Did Saquon Barkley do the right thing? Or did the Giants just play him? Because that's what it looks like to me. 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open for you right now. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Super Bowl legend weighs in next on ESPN Radio.
5: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Greenie, the podcast.
6: Norwood assumes the position. Lingner waits to snap it. We wait. There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. Four seconds left. The Giants have won Super Bowl 25 by the score of 20 to 19.
0: Wow, here in the voice of Jack Buck, that is absolutely awesome. And I know it never gets old for Otis Anderson. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The Super Bowl 25 MVP, a former Giant and Cardinal running back, joins us right now. OJ, it is Chris and Chris, and we appreciate a few (laughs) minutes. So let's just start here. Does that ever get old to hear that?
1: No, it never will. Uh, Probably one of the most iconic Super Bowl ever and having an association with the greatest R&B singer, Whitney Houston. No, it never get old.
2: (laughs) OG, you were quoted about Saquon Barkley in the paper a couple of days ago talking about how he had money on the table more than he, he had now because he hadn't signed a tag and you were wondering or speculating what happens moving forward. Well, the Giants and Saquon Barkley had that answer this morning. What do you make of the one-year deal that Saquon Barkley signed with the Giants, and, and how does that impact um, the the running back and the team moving forward?
1: Well, you know, I always said that Saquon and his team had to make a decision based on what's best for them, and, and that's always what I had in mind. I never had anything other than the fact that him and management, if they can come to eye to eye about a situation, they can make things happen, make a lot of Giants fans happen, and and they will come to a decision. Now moving forward, what I what I believe is that is going to go out and have a great year, and he's going to be able to get that long term contract, which is what all running backs want to have and get, you know, before they get too old. Because we know we are dime a dozen, and you know after so many years, they start bringing in younger backs, and you know you start becoming expendable.
0: Otis Anderson, Super Bowl 25 MVP, the former giant with us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. So with that in mind, let's talk about this from you as a running back. When you talk about the fact that they had more money on the table and he ended up doing this strictly from that strategy part, how do you view that?
1: Well, again, it was his decision. He had to come up with something that he felt that he could live with him and his team. And, uh, you know, and that's what he did. I, I think, you know, us as fans, we always want the best for players and the best for management because we love both. And we always want them to uh, make the decision that we believe that makes everybody happy. And that's what that's what you saw. You saw an opportunity for Saquon to make a decision that was good for his family and his team, and he made it. Oh,
2: this over the weekend. A lot of prominent running backs got together on a Zoom call and talked about forming a running back coalition. They said the next steps were, talk, you know, getting their agents on the phone to see what could be done about what's happening and why the running back market continues to be depressed. If you're one of those running backs and Saquon Barkley was on the call, how would you feel today knowing that he signed this contract with the Giants?
1: Well, you have to feel that he did what was best for him and his team, and and that's that's all you have to to say because everybody got to make their own decision. That's something that that people have to understand is that you may have a running back by committee, meaning we all together, we all are one. But when it comes down to money and not getting money, I mean, if he don't play, he lose ten million dollars. Uh, if he don't play for the season, to me that don't make sense. So, you mm-hmm. know, you just got to figure out what's more important. And most important is taking care of your family and uh, trying to come to an agreement. And, you know, if you go out there, can't you know, if you go out there and you produce and do the things you need to do, you will be rewarded. That's part of what the game offers to anybody. If you are in a position where you can perform to a higher level, the team has
0: success, you have success, nine times out of ten, you will be rewarded. But to push back on it a little bit, OJ, it doesn't feel like that's the case right now with running backs as a whole that in, i mean we've seen the franchise tag number actually go down over the last several years is the paradigm shifting here for running backs where maybe the production versus the age or the amount of miles on you um, doesn't necessarily correlate to getting paid for the long term
1: well i think what what is what is happening is since the league has said we want more explosive more wide open and they've been going to these hybrid type running backs. Uh receivers coming out of college that were slot receivers down there in the backfield becoming that, that, that running back. So the the old two yards in a cloud of dust is no longer, you know, what teams are looking for. The the boring game that we played against Buffalo with the two backs, they're gone from that. Because the game mm. is more wide open. You see five wide on the field almost seventy percent of the time and and every once in a while, they'll sprinkle the running back in that position. So yes, we're becoming—you know—we're not—we're becoming extinct in that position because of how the game is changing and where it's evolving to. So yes, you're not going to see the the money market as much as you used to see because the league is saying we're we're leaving that we're leaving that boring look, we're leaving that slow paced football. We want excitement. We want more explosive game. And that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. And that's why the market is dropping.
2: Talking to Super Bowl 25 MVP, O.J. Anderson on Greeny and Otis. Uh, Now that the Giants have Saquon Barkley in the fold for training camp, what is this team going to be in 2023? It's been, what, uh, almost a decade and a half since the Giants have gone to -to back-to-back playoff appearances 2007-2008. Do you view the Giants as a playoff team now as currently constructed with Saquon Barkley
1: at camp? Absolutely, having him and Daniel back in the backfield together—you saw what they were doing this past year. We got in the playoff; we made a small run, but having the two guys on the team starting the season off together, it give you know Debo an opportunity to continue the the mastery that he's doing and what he's creating offensively. So, but nobody's giving us a chance. If you look at their look when they look at the NFC East, or they look at the whole NFC. Nobody's giving Giants any chance, even though we were in the playoff and we won the first round of the playoff. So, you know, there's still some, some some respect we have to earn, but I think we have uh, the team to do it. Again, Barkley makes it a lot easier to accomplish those things than not having it.
2: OG, last question before you let, it, let you get out of here. You said Barkley makes it a lot easier, and I'm sure that's exactly how Daniel Jones is feeling. But now with his full complement of we- weapons, including having Saquon Barkley, the Giants traded for Darren Waller. He's got this shiny new contract. What are the expectations this
1: upcoming season for Daniel Jones? I think the sky's the limit. I mean, he showed a lot of promise last year. He, he played... Probably one of the best seasons he has had, and that's why he got paid. He hit the market at the right time, and he got paid. According to what all the other quarterbacks in the league was making, it was almost a no-brainer for the organization to do that, okay? It unfortunately put Barkley in a bad position. But, again, he's going to get his as he produced this coming season. You'll see the difference. You'll see him get paid like he should be paid, and everybody's going to be happy.
0: O.J. Anderson, Super Bowl twenty-five MVP. We appreciate the perspective. Thanks for a couple minutes, O.J.
1: No problem. Thank you, guys.
0: It's Canty and Carlin in for Gritty on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
6: This is my leverage. My leverage is I can say to the Giants. I can say to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how, much, how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. All I right. won't play it down. That's a play I can use. Anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But, like, has it something that crossed my mind? I never thought I would ever do that. But, like, now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like, I might have to take it to this level.
0: That was Saquon Barkley last week on July the 19th, and now he has signed with the Giants. In case you're just joining us and you haven't heard, uh, this one-year deal that can be worth up to $11 million, and the Giants can still franchise tag him next year. This is an awful deal. Let's hit the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 Butch is up first on ESPN Radio. Butch, what's going on, bud?
7: Hey man, you you the first one all morning, man. I am I'm I'm with you, man. That's is it's just a terrible deal. I'm a huge fan of Saquon's. I'm first of all, I'm a Spillers fan, but I'm a huge fan of Saquon's and I'm I got I got I got Najee coming up, so it's just like I wish he would have set out so he could just prove the point that they don't just grow on trees the Saquons and the Travis Henry's or the you know, the and the uh you know, the Najee Harris and all these guys say, Kwan just don't grow on trees. He should have set out anything under Christian McCaffrey money. None of those guys should accept it. Josh Jacobs, um, Saquon, all those guys, they don't grow on trees. And they should they should make an exception when you have to make an exception. And I'm sure a lot of John Sanders would agree with me.
2: We're talking what three, three three million, $4 million off from Christian McCaffrey. Are you serious? But, but Butch, we saw that a few years ago when Le'Veon Bell decided he was going to sit out for the entire year. You're a Steelers fan, so you should know better than anybody. He sat out an entire year, didn't get the payday in Pittsburgh, ended up getting a payday with the Jets, got the two years' worth of guaranteed money, and a year after that, he was out of the league. Sitting out an entire year, yeah, he might get a bag, but you're committing career suicide is what you're doing.
0: <laughs> Le'Veon and Bell. Saquon
2: Barkley understood that, understood that. so I, I don't... I didn't look at that as a viable option for Saquon Barkley sitting out the entire year. Now, I certainly didn't think that he needed to be there on day one of the training camp, and he didn't need to be there on day one, the first practice of the regular season. As long as he showed up before the first game inside the franchise tag, that's all he had to do, fulfill his obligation, be there for 17 games, whether he plays in all 17 or not, and get to free agency healthy.
0: Number one, Le'Veon Bill actually said last week he should have never left Pittsburgh. Number two... When it comes to Saquon in this situation, nobody's advocating him sitting out the season. But Kanti, what he did was take away any options for himself. And that is unbelievable to me. That is saying to the Giants, thank you, sir. May I have another? That's basically what it is. You are giving them all of the power in this situation. Buddha is up next on ESPN Radio. Buddha, my brother, what's going on?
6: What's going on, guys? I wonder, uh, was O.J. Anderson in on that deal? <laughs> was he a part of making that
0: deal for Saquon Barkley? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, like, I, I love right. O.J. I, I think he is being highly, highly optimistic if you say he's going to go out and perform and get his money next year. I don't know about that. If he performs, yes, yeah, I mean, but I don't know about getting the money.
6: You know, I always don't like it when somebody starts doing the we and the us. (laughs) Listen, man, it's business. You know, Saquon Barkley, to to quote Ice-T, it wasn't the Giants played him. He played himself. You know, what Mm. was the point of all of this? What was the point of all of this? You wasn't even willing to miss like two or three weeks to make these dudes sweat. You know, he didn't have much leverage, but the fact that they Game back and offered them another deal means that they knew that they couldn't go into the season with just Daniel Jones throwing the football and no running game. It made no sense. And like you said, Cat Daddy, you know, they had this meeting and all that. You see, this is the part that irritates me. Don't whine to me about what these owners are doing to you when we meet collectively as soon as they offer you something, yes, sir, I here for, I, I, I'm ready to go, sir. I
0: mean, come on, man. Like, come on, man. How do you think like, Josh Jacobs on, feels man. today? How do you think Josh Jacobs feels today? He got on a plane, left Vegas. He's not showing up to camp. I don't think he's going to sit out the season. But right now, Josh Jacobs is like, damn, Saquon, you just crushed us. You just crushed us. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great, big fella. But
2: I think Josh Jacobs is is probably more inclined to do what I just suggested, which is to show up on the eve of the regular season, be there for all of the games, and get to free agency healthy next year. Or if the Raiders want to use the franchise tag on him, God bless him, let him do it again, and he's going to get 20% more than he got this year. I mean, that's essentially what you have to do if the team is not going to give you a long-term deal. But to Buddha's point – Saquon Barkley played himself by not signing a deal that the Giants offered in the regular season because that was as good as it was going to get. Make no mistake, the Giants didn't want to give Daniel Jones $82 million in guarantees on a four-year deal. They didn't want to do it, but they had to do it because the quarterback position is more important and harder to replace than a running back spot. And that allowed the Giants, once they took it to that territory, to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Barkley lost all his leverage when Daniel Jones signed his long-term deal. And this is the best that he could hope for unless he was willing to play out the string on the franchise tag. Now, you and I might think that should have been in his best interest to play out the string on the tag and see what happens. But apparently he wanted to be there in training camp. He felt like he might need training camp to get his body ready for football in the fall. And I can't argue against a player doing what he needs to do in order to stay healthy and available for his team during the season. But, big fella, this doesn't feel right. Uh -uh. Saquon Barkley left money on the table even though he signed a contract that gave him $2 million in a signing bonus. He left money on the table. This is not a great deal for Saquon Barkley. It's an outstanding deal for the New York Giants. And I'm sure that the GM and the head coach and the owner are high-fiving right now because they have one of their best players the face of the franchise, in the fold at the start of training camp.
0: Canty, you know what I'd do if I were Joe Shane? I'd go to John Mara right now about my contract. I would absolutely look for an extension right now based on what I just did with Saquon Barkley. Unbelievable. Greeny the podcast. Scary story coming from the family of LeBron James and Bronny James, Canty. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And we know that Bronny is headed for USC. Well, yesterday he collapsed on the court and had a cardiac arrest. He was taken to a hospital and is now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU. Here is the statement from the family. Yesterday while practicing, Bronnie James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronnie and take him to the hospital. He's now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family and we will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of all their athletes wow
2: yeah that's scary big fella i i I don't know any other way to frame it this is not something that you would expect to get from an 18 year old that's just going to college and excited about his you know collegiate career um on and off the court it's just not something that you would anticipate um thank god that uh the medical staff was able to you know react appropriately and get him the care that he needed so he can be in stable condition today. But this is this has got to be the worst nightmare for LeBron and Savannah James. You know, their son who they're excited about going off to USC um at one of his first practices ends up having this happen to him. So I, I just send thoughts and prayers to him. There really but really isn't much more that I have to offer to this other than to say this has got to be the scariest thing for parents sending their kid off to college to go through.
0: Oh, there's there's no question. And and just to hear that he's out of the ICU and in stable condition, I mean, we're all very thankful for that, but had to be in an unbelievably scary moment. And, you know, just continuing to uh, pray and hope that everything works out uh, for Bronny James right now. But that was the statement from the family that came out just a little while ago. And it's just a reminder how this can... You know, these kinds of things can turn very serious very quickly, but thankfully, at least from those reports, there's reason to be encouraged. It's Canty and the Carlin. One thing I will, the
2: one, the one thing I will say, big fella, to add to that, mm. we've seen a lot of scary situations on the field and on the court over the last eight to ten months, you know, with the Damar Hamlin situation, what happened with Tua, and now hearing about what's happening with Bronny James. and I'm just grateful with the advancements in modern medicine and oh. that these programs and that these teams have the best in the business when it comes to athletic training staffs, people that can react in real time and make the important life-saving decisions in order to get these athletes the care that they need in those critical moments. So I just, I just I'm just, i grateful that that is the norm of where we're at in sports right now because we know that there's a risk that comes along with playing high-level sports, but thank God that we have these athletic trainers these doctors uh, that are in place in order to treat and take care of the athletes.
0: Amen. Amen, Canty. So we will continue to get you updates as we hear more, but again, uh, LeBron James is out of the ICU and in stable condition after suffering cardiac arrest yesterday uh, at a USC practice. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. You know, Canty, um, you know that I'm a big listener Uh, to the Hoop Collective podcast with Brian Windhorst. I absolutely love it. And uh, he's got Tim Bontemps on it all the time, along with Tim McMahon. And Tim Bontemps, ESPN's NBA writer, yesterday had a very, very interesting uh, take that we would not have necessarily expected to hear on what's going on right now when it comes to Donovan Mitchell and what the long-term plan may be for Mitchell
4: I don't think there's any chance he signs an extension there ever and if it was up to me I would say Donovan Mitchell today because I don't think the Cavs are getting as far as they hope to next year and I don't think he's going to extend and I think they'll get a lot more for him with two summers left than they will with one summer left now I also am fully aware that's not what they're going to do and I understand why they're not going to do it but me personally I think it's more likely they lose in the first round than they win two rounds in that scenario I don't really see any world where Donovan Mitchell wants to stay there after next season. And to me, I'd be looking at it now and saying, all right, well, if we flip him for a bunch of stuff now, we can start to figure out exactly the kind of team we want to have around these three guys and put ourselves in as good a position as possible three or four years and out of contend because I just don't see any world where he stays. And I also don't really see a realistic world where they're a real contender in the East this year. All right.
0: So, Canty, we know they're not going to trade him now. Right. No, he he may be worth more now, but there's no way that Cleveland is going to trade him now. But if you are the Knicks, do you make the same mistake twice? I I don't think you can. If this is a situation where Mitchell becomes available after this coming season, he's got one more year and a player option left after that at thirty four point eight next year. And he's going to opt out. He's only going to be, what, twenty nine, thirty years old at that point.
2: Yeah, he'll be 29 if he opts out.
0: Right, and if that's the case, if you are the Knicks next offseason, you cannot make the same mistake twice. You have to go and get this done. How much longer are you going to continue to wait for the right superstar to come along before he actually comes here? Now,
2: I will tell you what, if I'm the Knicks, I'm going to look at that Philadelphia situation with Joel Embiid long and hard, and I'm going to base what I do off of what I think will happen long-term with that marriage, that relationship, because if Embiid is available, that's the guy that you 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 get you, you got all the draft capital for. That's the guy that you're trading for, an MVP caliber player, a big man, and the Knicks haven't had anything like that since Patrick Ewan. That's the guy that you would go after, and here's the beautiful part about that, big fella. It's not as if Donovan Mitchell can't join Joel Embiid, you know, a couple of years down the road. Like, mm-hmm. if you trade for Joel Embiid, is there a situation where you could uh, uh, you know, woo Donovan Mitchell in true free agency and have him sign as opposed to having to give up draft picks for him? I, I don't know. There are a lot of different possibilities that are available to the Knicks because they do have the cap flexibility and the draft picks. They're in a good position right now.
0: They have to just make sure that they make their next move their best move. If Embiid's available, then the story ends. If not, don't screw it up again.